We continue our conversation with Noelle Garcia to talk about what it means to be a Catholic woman, this time zooming into our vocations as wives and mothers. There are a lot of strong opinions out there on where women belong. Should they work outside the home? What does it mean to be submissive to your husband? And these can be controversial topics. Ultimately, the primary questions we must ask are, what is God's will for our family? And how can I serve my family with joy and generosity? Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. Welcome back to part two of our conversation with Noel Garcia. If you didn't catch part one, we'll have a link in the show notes, but we began this conversation just talking about the gift of womanhood, the gift of what it means to be a woman, um, and especially through that Catholic lens um, and how that is impacted through, especially our identity through baptism. Um, And we're really excited to continue the conversation, kind of diving more into um, the specifics of our vocation. But Noelle, for those who didn't catch part one, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. My name is Noelle Garcia McHugh. McHugh is my married last name. I I usually use Garcia because it's easier for people to spell and pronounce. Um, People would call me McHugh, and I didn't really like that. Although my husband doesn't mind it so much, I didn't really like that. Um, I've got six kids, five boys, one girl, ages almost 13, all the way down to two. So we homeschool our kids, um, and I'm the director of programs for EQ Saints. Well, we are so happy that you're here. Again, if you did not, I'm I'm still on like a, a high from our last conversation because it was so good and fulfilling for me. And um, Idina said it was about our identity as women and how that connects to who we are in our relationship with God. And I think one of the key things I got from our last conversation was it's not just, we should just be asking like, what is a woman? But what does it mean to be a woman, especially in relationship? Because um, our life is about relationship, most importantly, our relationship with God. And then all the other um, people that we come into contact with. And I know during this um, next 30 minutes or so, we really want to focus and sort of narrow it in on like, what does that mean in our relationship with um, our husband and our children, like as wives and mothers? So taking womanhood um, in general that we talked about and really kind of zoning in on um, how does what we talked about last time really translate into our vocation as wives and mothers? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a big one. It's a big, it's a, (laughs) it is a big one. And, um, and it's one that I I know that all three of us probably have wrestled with in different ways. Like, what does it mean to be submissive? What does it mean to be, you know, the homemaker? How, what does that look like in our lives? And that's why I like to reflect on the question that the meaning of womanhood, the meaning of motherhood, the meaning of spousal relationship versus just what is what is you know because if I think that I should be you know Joanna Gaines and write my own cookbooks and plant my giant garden and have my farm and my 
multiple businesses, you know, all while uh, doing my hair and makeup really great. And I love Joanna Gaines, but I'm not her, right? <laughs> you know, so it's, it's that kind of um, wrestling with how do I be a good wife? And in my relationship, um, my, I tend to be the more um, forward thinker when it comes to things we need to do around the house. Like, okay, we, I'm planning ahead. I am uh, trying to get things done and I can be more the bossy one around the house. And initially my husband was really frustrated with that because he was like, you know, I'm the head of the household, but and I feel like you're saying we got to do all these things, but I know that our personalities are so different. I'm the one that sees all the things that need to be done. And his mind just doesn't work that way. He just doesn't, if I didn't say, Hey, David, we got to get the the termite guy out here. He just wouldn't think of it. He doesn't think in, in those ways. So kind of the terminology that we've had to use was not so much like, um, okay, uh, competing for head of household because he is the head of the household and the grace of the vocation is there. And on all big decisions, I trust his discernment. I really believe that our, our husbands are given a grace in a particular way as the head of the household, but from a management standpoint, managing the things that go on in the house, paying the bills is more my area than his area. Um, that That's not, that's a, a, a function. It's not that I, wow, I got so much grace when I got married to pay the bills. That's not that kind of a thing, but it's the function of our personalities um, that I'm like a household manager. I can manage all the children's and appointments and and those things, it's just where I'm at. And that doesn't take away from his head of household, where his head of household is, is in his discernment. And we wrestled being able to define that for a long time, because um, he felt like he wasn't doing enough. And I felt like he wasn't doing enough. <laughs> and so we had to figure out, okay, what's the balance of responsibilities? And how do we see that in a spiritual lens? Well, that's so good because it, it reminds me of Ephesians five, um, because I think people, when they, when we start talking about marriage and we start talking about the roles of men and women, um, we have people who are very quick to be like, well, Ephesians five wives, be submissive to your husbands, um, as you are to the Lord. And they stop there. But one, if you go before that verse, it says, be submissive to one another out of reverence for Christ. And that's a whole thing that we're called to this like mutual respect, but also this mutual submission to Christ. Like we were talking about in the previous episode, you know, seeking to do God's will that in marriage, that is our primary goal is to help one another get to heaven. And that question of, you know, what is God's will for our family? Not like, are we hitting a certain label or are we, you know, meeting a certain standard because my favorite podcaster said, that femininity in a Catholic marriage should look like this. Um, But that we're discerning God's will in our family. And then when you continue reading and it says, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church. And I always love saying that line and then dramatically pointing at a crucifix, you know, saying like husbands, like that's what you're called to. You're called to die um, to each other. You're called to die within the marriage. But when you look at that word submissive, put yourself, wives, put yourselves under the mission of your husbands. And if our husbands are called to die to self constantly, we're also called to do the same. And like that, having that submission to the Lord, not to 
like a particular person because I I I'm a very um I guess we'll we'll just say outspoken person in our marriage. I I like that terminology instead of like bossy, right? I'm just an bold. oldest child. Bold. Right. I'm bold. I so am I. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm just an oldest child, you know, that like carried over and my husband's like right in the middle in his family. So like this idea of like having to ask my husband permission to do anything. I always get like the heebie-jeebies when just being like super honest, I get really uncomfortable when Catholic, um, it's like the, the spousal relationship is kind of portrayed in my husband is my boss and I'm his like head of, I'm, I'm head of the children. Like my husband's the boss, but I just, I manage our little brood. And sometimes I feel like that maybe that's not the intention, but sometimes that comes through like, well, you, you have to ask your husband for every single thing. Like you can't do anything unless um, your husband gives you permission to make any sort of a move. And I'm immediately like, well, no, because I'm, I'm a strong, independent woman. But I can also see where the pendulum can swing the opposite way where it's like, well, I'm going to do my thing and my husband's going to do his thing. And that's also extremely un- unhealthy for a marriage because we are a team and it is a marriage and there has to be a hierarchy of relationships there. So like finding the balance and I may have like stepped in a bunch of mud right now, like or broke open, you yeah. know, very controversial hey, I- topic, but. Oh, you did. leave it up to Deanna to open up the can of worms people are like turning this off (laughs) I know (laughs) they're writing letters now no but it but uh, it it is those I mean you're emphasizing the two two extremes where one can lack trust and one can lack charity and it's like I my husband trusts me and I trust him. We built up over the years. And I'm saying over the years because it wasn't initial. It's it's a, you know, and the catechism says that marriage is where you learn to love more perfectly. It's the vocation in which you learn to love more perfectly. How crazy is that? But but when, when you say like, you know, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, the night before he died, he washed their feet. You know, he's on his knees serving um, he, he is a servant leader and, um, with, and, and I feel the, the, the same way I, I am under the mission of my husband, husband under the same mission. And our mission is to get each other to heaven, um, to get our family to heaven and the, the nuances of how that's lived out are built upon mutual trust and respect and love and primarily love of God. So, when we when we take out that component and we just talk about okay this is the only way that a marriage can be lived out in a holy way we really are um depriving the conversation from uh discernment from years of you know really conforming our individual wills to the mutual will of our vocation yeah, I think sometimes it, it can be um, challenging and sticky, you know, because there have been times in um, like our marriage where um, like I don't ask, hey, can I buy this gallon of milk? You know, my husband said uh, basically like, hey, can you make sure we are fed and I do the grocery shopping um, and I'm like, OK, 
if things are tight though, if I know that we are in a tight spot, I also homeschool. So um, he usually just says, whatever you need, like there's this understanding, whatever you need for school, do that. But if it's a month where money is tight, I'll ask him. I'm like, oh, I know he said it was tight and I want to be respectful. So before I go and spend $300 on school books for next year, which we need, is this month the right time to do that? And so, um, so I think that, like you said, it's about discernment, like also being under the same mission is that we as a couple need to understand like our particular mission for our family. Yes. The ultimate goal is to get to heaven, uh, and to get our children to heaven and how that's lived out, um, is, is going to look different. And so, so when I, I don't know if this is right, but when I think of like submission, like, um, yes, obviously to the will of God and to the Catholic faith, but in the certain goals that my husband and I have established for our family, if there's anything that hasn't been discussed or fall outside of that, because now I understand like what it is that we're going for that I do ask my husband, I'm like, Hey, um, I'm not really sure about this. And so, um, and I could probably just make my own decision and be like, hey, we're going to do this. And so that's why I say I think it gets sticky because I do think a lot of people in their marriage have discerned and they have prayed and they're like, okay, moving forward, at least for this time, we're going to move in this direction. And people on the outside aren't seeing that. They're not seeing the discernment. They're not seeing that. And so, um, you know, I think it's like one of those things that like um, – People are like, well, should I do this or that? And then um, my response has been like, well, you should go ask your husband first. Not because you can't make the decision by yourself, but if you're having this issue of like discernment, like, am I called to this? Am I called to this? Should I do this? Like, well, that should be something. If you're not sure where it stands in your marriage, then absolutely. Like he should be the first person we go to knowing that there is a mutual um, respect there where each person feels like there's a space to speak and be heard uh, and be understood in as much as the other person can understand sort of our struggle, you know, but I do think it gets sticky because we can be judgmental about, or not judgmental, but maybe we're looking at something and um, it may not be as it seems, as it seems from, you know, the outside looking in, but as long as in our marriage, we're like, okay, this is what we've discerned together. And and moving forward until something else, you know, we're, we're praying and discerning that God speaks to us, you know, or we're striving for this path to holiness in the best way God sees fit. Um, we're going to, you know, band together and this is what we're doing. And, but it's so easy. It's so easy to feel like yeah. the pressure from others, you know, it's hard. Right. Well, and when you deeply desire to be holy, you know, it would be so great if it was like, this is the exact checklist for holiness that you have to do. You personally have to do all of these things every single day. And then suddenly you're holy, you know, but it's, it's different for each of us in ways. We have different responsibilities. We have different vocations. Um, But I will say when we're talking about that piece of discernment, um, I do think those big questions about the direction of our family. Like when we were going to move out of state from Kansas to Oklahoma, I felt like we were called to move, but I said, Lord, if we are called to move, you got to convince David, I'm not going to convince him. And, um, 
And so one day David just said, you know what, I think we're called to move to Oklahoma. Now I already felt deep in my heart that we were called to that, but I wanted him to initiate that through his discernment. So it was, it was me kind of taking a step back and letting the Lord work through him to guide our family. I think that that's totally um, appropriate and, and valid and, and good and holy. Um, but I also think when we're looking at discernment is particularly for those of us who do work outside the home um, or I have some travel and David is home with the kids and people will be like, oh, is he babysitting? I'm like, no, he's their dad. He loves them and he's taking care of them, you know? And so it's, um, it, it, but with that discernment, I, there have been times where I'm not seeing the fruit in my family from my labors. And so it's like, okay, Noel, you, you got to say no, you got to step back. And the Lord has moved me back and, and back into the home. But it, when we, when we just think, okay, if you, if you just pray about it, God's going to tell you yes, but also look at your family dynamic. Where am I seeing the fruits and where am I seeing the strains? And then I need to lean into those fruits. Um, and cut back on the things that are straining us. Yeah, I really love what both of you have said. It's very helpful for me. And I think sometimes I can, I think I'll just be super vulnerable. I think sometimes that I can have a lack of charity when it comes to some of the conversations around um, Catholic motherhood and being a Catholic wife because of the criticism that comes from outside sources um like there are people who will just flat out say no and actually i i don't i can't remember if i've told this story on the podcast before my first year working here i had a woman call our office and thankfully she didn't talk to me she talked to our admin but she wanted to leave me a message to let me know that she had found out that i was pregnant and that i was hurting bishop strickland's mission because i was a working mother and I like broke down in tears for like the rest of the morning because I couldn't believe that someone would say that. And that has been that has been frustrating. That has been so frustrating to encounter people. And like it has not happened since. Like I hear these things in, you know, the the popular Catholic world where it's like, well, if you were a real Catholic woman, you would be at home. You would only homeschool. You would only do X, Y, Z thing. And I know in my heart that that is not what the church teaches. I know in my heart that, um, you know, that God has called us to this particular season. And I also know, like, I have this, I'm not so tied to my job where it's like, well, no, I'm always director of family life. And then I'm a wife and then I'm a mother. No, like, I understand, like, there is a hierarchy and God comes first and then my spouse and then my children and then everybody else. So if God ever says, you know, it's time to leave this particular position, I know that I have to be obedient to that. That has not come up yet. We'll see what happens by the time this episode comes out. But but that has been really hard to like hear that noise that comes from Catholic culture saying, well, you're not actually living your vocation if you're working outside the home. And that's where I think I can like push back real hard and say, well, I'm also, you know, not going to ask my husband for every single thing, but I really like what you said, Mickey, like that reminder of discernment, like the same with us when we moved to Texas, we moved here because I received a job offer and then Michael received a job offer. 
Um, but I wouldn't have just been like, okay, Michael, we're moving, like pack your bags. They've, they're paying for, you know, our moving costs or whatever. But that was something that we discerned together and we have learned to do that. And one of the conversations that we consistently have is like, you know, Michael, if it's, if it's ever time for us to do something different, like, please tell me so that we can discern that together or I will follow you because I am like a more, I'm more outspoken between the two of us. Um, But like learning this posture of receptivity in our marriage um, and learning to be gentle um, because I can be like, okay, here's the to-do list um, and things like that. But um, it also like points out how women really like set the tone in our homes as well. And, And I don't know if either one of you want to take that, but like how, how much power we have to like navigate um, how, or like set the temperature in our home, if that makes sense. No, totally. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, I found this, um, this quote that, um, it was, it came to me at a time when my husband and I were kind of struggling and I just didn't feel important. And there could have been a lot of things. Now I don't even remember why I didn't feel important. Um, but there was just, um, there were just a lot of things that I was questioning or I wasn't quite ready to hand over to the Lord. Um, and, um, I remember my husband saying, he said, I do want what's good for you. And to hear my husband say that was so powerful because I had gotten to a point where I just felt like it was anything I said, it was going to be combated. Anything I said was going to be combated for the sake of causing frustration. But when he looked at me and said, I want what's good for you. It's almost as if pieces of that kind of fell. And then he read this to me and um, I want to read it to you real quickly. I think it's from Pope. Oh, I have it somewhere. Anyways, um, I'll find it when you guys are talking next so I can, next so I can tell people, but um, it says how the mother, um, the wife is the son, like the S-U-N of the family. She is its son in her spirit of generosity and in her sacrifice. Um, ready in her readiness, vigilance, and tact, and all that touches the happiness of her husband and her children. She radiates the light and the warmth. Um, and then it goes like, I love this part, and I need to work on this, but it says, uh, one glance from her eyes throws a light with a thousand reflections, and one sound from her lips contains a thousand words of affection for those in her home. And I know that's a tall order. It sounds very poetic, and I I can already tell you times today where one sound of my voice was not all of these um one you know, sounds of, my of affection. <laughs> yeah. First everything into flames. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but when I, when I read that, the idea of being the sun, like the light and the warmth of the home and being the heart of the home and like the importance of that. And like, um, in as much as, cause I'm a stay at home homeschooling mom on my third year of doing that. Besides before that I was a full-time working wife and mother. And so I, to be able to sort of experience both, I consider a blessing. And maybe because I'm a little bit more focused on it now, because, um, and I'm not saying that working moms couldn't do it. It was just out of my radar. Like it was, 
And to, I first speaking for myself, it was like, no, I need to do this work first. And then almost like, um, I forget who it was, but someone had asked me, they're like, is your family getting your sloppy seconds? And then I was like, Ooh, and that hurt. And they weren't being critical or anything, but I was like, you know what? My priorities, whether I was working or at home, like, I think you can have people who are at home and there's their kids still get sloppy seconds. Uh, their husband still gets their sloppy seconds. And so for me, it was like reorienting, like, am I, um, allowing God to speak to me so that I have the light and the warmth that he wants me to bring into my home, whatever the particular of my circumstances are that as the wife, as the mom, um, the idea of bringing joy to my husband's heart should be something that I desire, uh, to bring warmth and joy to the, the hearts of my children should be at the top of what I desire in my vocation and keeping my eyes fixed on that has always like, um, even though that's a, that's a tall order, it always keeps me focused on, okay, when my, when I look at my children, do they see the eyes of Jesus? When I speak to my children, um, do they hear the affection? I can 100% tell you that in many cases, the answer is no, (laughs) but (laughs) But just this calling. Um, and when my husband pointed that out, he looked at me and he said, baby, you're my son, um, like the S-U-N. And I was like, and that just um, tore away so many like um, walls that I had already built up because he was like, I'm looking at you and wanting this. He's like, and I didn't know how to tell you. And he's like, but this is, this is what I desire um, and what I think you're made for. And that was so helpful to know that God has created in me the capacity to bring forth this light, this goodness, um, and this order to my family. And that has been an ideal that I'm, I'm trying really hard um, to to live for. And I think you can be the light no matter what, right? Uh, and without getting into like details and specifics, but to keep that in our mind that to bring the light and the warmth to our home. Yeah. Well, and when you're, you know, um, to go back real quick to, to what Deanna was saying about this person calling and saying that, you know, your motherhood is det- distracting from Bishop Strickland's mission, that is a secular message. You know, it's an idea of, of like uber, uber, um, whole, you know, Catholic or whatever, and then uber, uber secular. It's the same message that your motherhood is distracting from what the Lord is calling you to do. And, and so, and I think that that, that is a huge, uh, red flag for me that that's not from the Lord because, it is through motherhood. I mean, we're in an, we've passed the industrial age. We're in the technology age. Um, but women traditionally, even in Proverbs 31 woman, they traditionally supported their household in many different ways, whether that was through taking the eggs to market or whatever. I mean, helping with the crops and stuff like that, like traditionally use their bodies, use their time, their talents and their energies to help support their family and support their husband. So it's a supportive role absolutely um but it looks a little different now and and because our culture is so hostile to motherhood they always make us compete against it i'm competing 
um, between motherhood and supporting my family when really what I'm trying to do is help support my family uh, through my motherhood. So seeing women who are mothers, who are using their talents and and their their gifts and their skills to serve the Lord in different ways and simultaneously support their families, I think is I think we need more of that, not less of that. Um, but that said, you know, me being a homeschooling working mom, I have to, I make a lot of sacrifices, you know, to get up extra early to get my work done so that when I'm present to my kids, I'm present to my kids. Um, when I uh, have to stay up late or maybe do some, a little bit on the weekend or something like that, when we, we, we kind of have to reorient our schedule, but always with that mindset of my family is first. And if I have to make a sacrifice, it needs to be for my family, not of my family. <laughs> yeah, I really like that for the family, not of your family, looking at that sacrifice. The other thing that's coming to mind for me in this is I think sometimes Catholic women in particular can hear these messages of, you know, we're called to, you know, mutual submission. We're called to... um we're called to die to self. And that is absolutely true. I mean, I don't, I think marriage has this really beautiful way of showing you how selfish you are. <laughs> and at least yeah. for me, like, oh man, I didn't realize that I should go to confession more often. Like, <laughs> and it's, and it's, um, that's our job, right? Like we're, we're helping one another to become saints. Um, I do think that sometimes it can, creep into like I'm called to die to self die to self die to self and it be can become like a martyrdom and I and I don't want to use that like lightly but because we are called to die we're called to be uncomfortable like we we were not built for comfort <laughs> we were you know I mean the the cross is a beautiful image for marriage and family life um that the cross is not the end of the story right that there is always a resurrection it may take a minute to come um but how important it is for women to also receive and to be nurtured and that there is that respect. Like Mickey, I think, especially in your, um, your dynamic with Matt, like there is clearly respect there, right? That, that there's a, there's a, there's a total respect in that relationship. And I, like, I've just, in my my 13 years of, of working in marriage ministry, I've seen where sometimes this can creep over into the woman is just, she's pouring herself out for her family, but she's also not receiving the respect and the love that she deserves. And, and I think we've kind of touched on this in other podcasts and hopefully we'll have like a marriage and family therapist on, but I wonder if we can talk a little bit about, you know, like how can we protect ourselves or protect might be too strong of a word, but just like making sure that you know, because our, our primary identity before I'm a wife, before I'm a mother, I am God's beloved, right? I'm a child of God. I'm a human being. Um, and I need to nurture that relationship with the Lord. So, you know, what are those things that we can be doing to make sure that we're not giving, we're like pouring for an empty cup. Cause it's really hard to be that ray of sunshine when you are not happy or you're not healthy or you're not pursuing holiness. So how do we, yeah, like how do we balance that or, or where can we get the support in our vocations? Yeah. So I'm, I took a, the temperament test and I'm choleric, which 
basically can be summed up as bossy and grouchy. Um, and so I'm not naturally, you know, joyful, like a sanguine type of a person would be where you're just like, wow, this is great. I tend to be more of a, on the cynic side and skeptical side. But one thing that has really helped me um, hugely is every Wednesday at midnight, we have a holy hour and nothing else comes up. I'm so tired. I'm not thinking about anything else of what I have to do. Uh, and that has, I've sensed a shifting in my, um, just how I go about engaging with the world, but I can't, it has to be an appointment. I it, I have to be like, it's set in stone that I'm going to be at adoration. I'm going to be at church at this time um, because there's nobody else that's going to show up. Uh, because if I just say to myself, like, yeah, I'm going to stop by the chapel sometime this week. The weeks go by and I never get there. So it had to be a concrete appointment with Jesus. And I keep that appointment because I need it. And there are some times when I'm so exhausted that I'm I'm kind of nodding off through. And um, uh, there has been other times where I am just have these beautiful prayer experiences. But in order for us to experience joy in our vocation, we've got to go to the source of all joy, you know, but be disciplined about it. I think there's a, it says in Sirach, uh, this was in Mickey's notes, the the quote, um, it says, there's nothing so precious as a disciplined soul. How am I being disciplined? You know, and, and I know that even in my season of being at home where I wasn't working, there was a lack of discipline there, you know, like, oh, I'm going to sit on the couch and I'm going to, I'm going to watch some YouTube videos and, you know, like there. Them, I don't feel like doing laundry today or whatever. And so um, th- there were different times where I was I was not as disciplined, even though theoretically I had more time than, than I do right now, you know, to be disciplined. Um, so there is something about making a schedule, making um, time with Jesus set in stone. This is my time. And then there's also, for me, I... I have to be by myself sometimes, even though all my personality tests say that I'm extroverted. Like I like to be around people. I really do. Um, but when the just overstimulation of motherhood, when everybody is touching you all day long and all night long, I just need space to myself. So David and I allow each other time to go be by ourselves. You know, it's like an hour a week, go do something, call a friend or just go out by yourself or go for a walk. But that's been really key for my mental health also. Um, so that's those would be my recommendations for for refueling to go into the next week. No, that's great. Um when I, before I forget, it was Pope Pius XII. <laughs> um, I'm reading great. a lot of his people <laughs> documents, um, which I find beautiful. Um no, but I love what you said because again, the the most important relationship we will ever feed is our relationship with Jesus. Um, and it is only in the presence of him that we come to realize what we are truly called to. And, um, I love what you said. Like, I am not a disciplined person. I am not a choleric. I don't make lists. Um, the idea of creating a well-ordered home stresses me out. (laughs) Um, and so, um, one of the things that I have found that has worked for me is, you know, we're, you're, 
my marriage, there have been ups and downs and there have definitely been really times of struggle or times where I felt like my energy to give anymore was absolutely depleted. And um, I have come to realize that I was allowing, I'll say the devil, to take a lot of my mental energy. And uh, because I was laying down my life, you know, I felt like I'm giving up this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And then um, we have had to have some really hard conversations. And um, I was so focused on what I wanted or expected in return that I actually, and it was building resentment in me. And I would spend so much of my energy on that, that I did not even bother to have the conversation with my husband or to even ask God, Lord, help me to see the ways in which he is also laying down his life and where I'm not appreciating that. And that was a game changer for me. Like, I think for me, a lot of my, my, um, feeling like my, my cup was dry because I was, I was spilling a lot of it on things that were unnecessary and not aiding at all in my holiness or the holiness of my marriage. And when uh, we got to a place of vulnerability where my husband said, everything I do in my day is actually for you and for my family. And he said, when I, when I stay up late trying to work out business plans, cause he owns his own business. He's like, I'm not just doing this because I want to, I'm doing this because I'm, I'm trying really hard how to set our family up more and more so that everyone has what they need. And I guess I never really realized the tremendous pressure that he was under. And so I think we both just came to a place of like, um, understanding the, uh, the gravity of each, of each person's role within the marriage and within our children. So for me, it was also learning to appreciate that and to not allow the devil any more of my time and my mental energy. So I found that just so much of my inability to be sacrificial is because I was actually spending so much time and energy on, on things that were emptying me, but weren't actually what God wanted me to focus on. And so that was helpful um, to me in my relationship, not only with God, but my husband and my kids. I like what you said, Mickey, because it, it's a reminder, like Satan, one, Satan hates marriage and Satan hates women. He hates men too, but he likes to isolate us or make us feel like we're isolated. And that can happen in marriage where it's like, I'm the only one who's suffering. I know right now, like I'm 35 weeks pregnant at the time that we're recording this. And I am very miserable by of the day like it's like I think I even said recently to my husband I was like do you even know like what do you even know what yeah. going think it through? Gets easier yeah David scheduled me a dentist appointment two weeks after I had a baby and I was like honey why would you do that he's like well I just figured while you were off you'd have some time no this is not a vacation not a vacation at all like I'm healing I recently learned um, that the wound that women have in their uterus after having a baby is the size of a dinner plate from the placenta detaching. I'm like, no wonder. Like, but it's like real easy for me to get. And I even, I think I even said to Michael, like, we should strap a watermelon to you for a whole afternoon because I just want you to know 
how hard it is for me to move right now. Like it's just (laughs) not getting easier, but it's easy to like really look at like my cross is bigger than your cross. So again, that sin of comparison or like that isolation and that forgetting that, you know, we're a team. And the other thing, like just to add to, to what the both of you have have um, suggested, you know, like keeping in mind, um, you know, like self-care, but also being aware of the needs of the other, or how much the other is giving, is also making sure that we're tied into community. Um, and one of the things that, excuse me, I really like about um, the Tyler area in particular is that we have the Mothers in Christ group. Um, they have a ladies holy hour the first Tuesday of every month. I think it's like from seven to eight or seven to eight 30 and, um, confession is offered. Um, so you don't have to like wrangle children and try to get to confession. I just, and I love that we have these little opportunities for community where we have mom's night out or we have, you know, something where moms can connect with each other. Um, cause again, like Satan really loves isolation and making us feel like, well, I'm the only one who's suffering this way. And it's so good. Not that we get together and like complain about our husbands. Um, but sometimes like in a joking way, maybe, you know, like what's my husband say? Um, like Noel, I love hearing the stories of things David has said. It's just, it's great. But, but yeah, just to, to know, like, I'm not walking this journey alone. Like I'm not walking through this vocation alone or there's a whole community of women and we all look so different. We're all different flavors of motherhood, but we all have the same mission where we're seeking the will of God in everything that we do and want what what we we're wanting to want what God wants for our family. So just to encourage our listeners, like please seek out community, um, especially if you are a wife and a mother, um, because that's so many fruits can come from that. Like my friendship with the both of you, like the things that you have said today and conversations that we've had in the past, that's so nurturing for my own marriage and motherhood. And I'm so grateful for that. So I just encourage women to to seek that out. Um, we could probably go on for like another 20 or 30 minutes, but we'll hold back and eventually maybe we'll have like a part three. But one of the things that Noel and David um, have is a ministry. Do you call it a ministry a business called? Somehow yeah, it's I kind Mar- of both. So we, our podcast is called somehow I marriage and we do it very much like we're just on a date night and we're just talking about things. So it's very raw. It's very, um, it's not for kids. Uh, and, and it's, um, we hope that maybe we could, um, I don't know, just be relatable to other couples who may be going through similar struggles, but in a humorous way. It's very, it's very funny. And having been friends with you for like 20 something years now, um, (laughs) it's like hanging out with David and Noel in their living room. Like we used to back in Kansas and hearing mm-hmm. their stories but yeah just I'm really grateful for for the great work y'all are doing so we'll put the link to um that podcast in our show notes um where are other places that people can find you Noel? you can visit our website mqministries.net or I also have instagram Noel Garcia music so yeah and then I am the program director for EQ Saints so check out EQ Saints very good. Very good. Well, Noel, will you close us in prayer? Sure. I will. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
Lord God, please heal any wounds in our femininity. Please restore femininity. Please help us to see that we are beloved. That your love, um, let your love wash over us. Help us to discern where the fruits are in our marriage, in our motherhood, or in our singlehood, in our work, in our vocation discernment. Um, and help us to just lean into those fruits as, as areas of blessing where you're showing us um, what you're calling us to do, Lord God. Help us to be patient with one another. Help us to be merciful to one another. And help us as women to build each other up and empower one another to be uh, who you were calling us to be. This is in your name. Amen. 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 Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks, y'all.